today, um, I want to start a series. Uh, over the next couple of weeks, we'll be looking at more. And I was praying uh, to God, I don't know if you do this, but I kind of just pray, hey God, what do you have for, for me? What do you have for us this year? Like, God, what are you speaking? What are you doing at the moment? And so God dropped this, this phrase, more, into my heart. And I was like, okay, God, what, what, what do you want more of? You know, I don't want more sickness. I certainly don't want more of what stuff has been going on this year. I want to shift and change. And he dropped this passage, John 10.10. 10, it says, the thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. I have come that you may have life and life to the full. There's life and there's life to the full. Five years ago, uh, me and Rachel uh, came in September. And in the first kind of January, we had a video that uh, Pastor Craig uh, did. And uh, Joe sent it to me to remind me. And the passage at the end of the video was this, John 10.10. And it was during the season of living the life. If you can remember, if you were here in the church, living the life we spoke about. And so it's so funny to me that God has brought around living the life, living life to the full again you know, God brings us around mountains. He brings us around and repeats things in our life. And I feel that for this moment that God wants to repeat and speak to us about more. Because how many of you want more in your life? How many people make money off trying to live, help you to live more in your life? How many podcasts, how many self-help programs do we have out there? Because we're all looking for more. We've got an itch inside of us that says that there's something more in my life. I'm not satisfied with where I'm at. And God relates to that because when we were saved, there is a life, but there is a life that happens to the full. Now, I've got this wonderful pink bat which uh, Charlie lent to me. It's not my own bat, but I'd be proud to rock this. Um, in sports, we talk about a sweet spot. Every sport we've got is a sweet spot. Now, I would use an analogy of soccer or football as my English counterparts are in the room, but it wouldn't translate so well. So I went to baseball for today. And so we all know, anyone who's played baseball, there's a sweet spot on the bat that when you connect with the ball at the right angle, you're going to hear that sweet sound. You're not going to have much vibration as you crack it for the home run. The crowd goes wild. And so we've got this area, which is probably about that kind of space that we can hit. Hit it too high, flies off. Hit it too low, it's just going to bobble off. And so we've got this spot that we try and hit, but how many of you are actually hitting a sweet spot on a daily basis? How many of you are just kind of hitting it, it's dribbling off to the side, or we're hitting it, it's looping, it looks like it's going really well, but it's actually just going high and just dropping and going nowhere. How many of you are just trying to hit the ball in life? We've all got our different places, but God has called us to live in a sweet spot. He's called us to live not just a life, but a life to the full. Now, the interesting passage about this, this word full that uh, Jesus uses in the passage. Now, normally when we think full, we think full to the brim, right? We think in a cup, we think, yep, full to the cup. But actually, this word full means overflowing. It means to overpour, to go out, to move out. And so I kind of have this analogy. It's like the Niagara Falls of water that's just pouring down upon this little cup. It's completely unnecessary, the amount of overflow that's coming through. But God is calling us to that abundance. Why? 
Why do we need to overflow out? And so God kind of, kind of gave this conversation with me because he wants us to live in the life that is abundant. He wants us to live a life that is full. And um, I got this analogy. Whenever we think of full, we think of, whenever we think of water, we think of rivers, don't we? A lot of times we have in the Psalms, we have uh, analogies of living water. Psalm 23, probably the most famous one that we all kind of quote. He lies beside you know, living waters. You know, there's lots of analogy because back in ancient times, water was a source of life. If you didn't have water, you weren't going to live. And so lots of towns, villages resided around the water, the living water. And so Jesus and throughout the scriptures, they use this analogy of living water. And so we can actually kind of ascertain the same, that really our sweet spot, our living, is actually kind of in a, in, in a river. So we've got our river going on in our lives, that even um, in John 7, 38, it says, who believes in me, as Scripture has said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. So there's lots of analogy of this living water. So we've got this living water, we've got this pathway in life that we are shooting along with God. And we are wanting, sorry you people over there that can't see, that's my poor diagram of a river. I'm not, I'm not going to, yeah, so try this. I'll try and move it around for you. But yeah, so we have our, our living water. And so our desire is to live in that sweet spot all the time, to live in that living water. But how many of you, as we've said already, actually live in that river? In fact, how many of you actually experience a straight river? that seems like something that's going straight in path. More or less, our kind of lives are more like this. For you people over here, my diagram of a river. My diagram of a river. It's more loopy, it's more crazy, it's more I don't understand what's kind of going. So when we're saved, we've got this river of life, but it just looks a bit chaotic. And we're trying to work it out. How many of you, uh, I don't know, I'm going to take you back to your school days right now. Um, Oxbow River Process. Now, Rachel didn't know about this. We learned this in geography, so let's test and see if the Americans have learned as much as English people have. So if you just bring up the slide, uh, the river slide there, yeah. How many of you have seen that process before? How many of you understand? One, okay. So what happens in a river? So we've got our Miranding rivers, we've got our river. What happens is the water begins to erode the neck of the river, because the particles that are coming, this is bombarding, this erosion that's always occurring as it's turning the bend. As we see in phase two, we see a, as it's eroding away the, the, the land, it's coming together and creating this new channel. So what's happening is this is breaking down, it's occurring to make this path straight. In Proverbs, there's this one that we all know, 3.6. It says, in, your, in all your ways, submit to him or surrender to him, and he will make your paths straight. Now, a lot of people want that. How many of you want a straight path? But the thing is, when we pray these kind of prayers, we don't realize the process. God's like, I'm all for you having a straight path, but I've got to erode you. I've got to begin to break down who you are to make you have a straight flow. Because how many of you know what's more effective at getting the living water out? Your crazy windy bends or a straight river that God's trying to create? And that's what we talk about, the sanctification process. That when you're saved, you're being saved, you're being shaped, you're being broken down, and you're yet to be saved. 
This is kind of a, the nature is resounding, the process of sanctification within your life. So when you're going through a breaking, and this is my first subject, my first part of living in the more, the breaking. Because if we want to experience more in our lives, he's got to break you. He's got to erode away some of the curves that are necessary in your life. And there's so many of us that are holding on to that kind of living, right? We're like, God, take away this pain. God, take away this. I'm not happy about doing this. But then yet we turn around and say, God, make my ways pass straight. Use me for your glory. Yet we don't understand the kind of process that God wants to do. Because I believe for us to live in the more that we need to be broken. Spurgeon said it best. Is it not a curious thing that whenever God means to make a man great, he always first breaks him into pieces. For you to do anything great, he needs to break you. Yay! Hallelujah! Amen, Johnny! Break me! This last year, I really felt that God was doing that to our church. That he was doing it to individuals. We saw it in business levels. So many things. God has been breaking us this year. I'm just here to tell you that's what he's been doing to you. It's already been occurring, I feel, this year. And God is saying, this is the reason why I'm breaking you. Because I need you for the more. We talk about uh, wineskins. You can't use an old wineskin, it says in Scripture, for new wine. Because when the new wine enters the old wineskin, the old wineskin breaks. Because it can't contain the new wine. There's so many analogies of this, this shaping for expansion. How many of you know that you can't, if you want to have a bigger container, you've got to break it to make a new container? In fact, we see it over and over again in Scripture. Jacob, when he wrestled God that night, he was broken to become Israel. We've got Joseph, a series of breakings. He had this great, wonderful dream of being something great, but he didn't realize that the breaking he had to go through and repositioning that he had to do. And so this whole series, we're going to be using some river analogies. We're going to be talking about your identity. To experience more, you need to know who you are. We need to understand when you position yourself in the river, because even though we're trying to be made straight, you're not even flowing in your river. You're flowing backwards. You're trying to go back. You're trying to go off to the side. You're going in all different directions. And God is a good father, is trying to help negate you through all of this stuff. So we have Moses as well. Moses was broken, actually more in the desert. It's interesting. He was a... He was a he was in the palace before, and then he went, uh, saw his people hurting. He killed a soldier and then fled to the desert. How many of you knew that maybe Moses thought he could do it by himself? Maybe he came to that position thinking, you know, I've got authority. I'm going to go save all the people. And then he suddenly realized very quickly that he couldn't do it. And he ran to the desert. How many of you know that he probably would have been pretty well spoken? It's not that he wouldn't have been well-spoken, but somehow in the 40 years he spent in the desert, he lost all confidence in himself. And God used that broken man, the one that said, I can't do it. And he said, it doesn't matter what you can do, I'm doing something through you. We've got David, we've got Simon who denies Jesus three times, but yet when filled with the Spirit, becomes a powerful communicator of the gospel. We've got Saul who turns to Paul Countless stories over and over again of great men being broken. 
Now, Isaiah 64, 8 says, Yet, Lord, you are my Father. You are, we are the clay. You are the potter. We are all the work of your hands. He is the potter and we are the clay. I just want to read this extract, um, this book that Diane gave me. There's lots of imagery of, of God being a potter and shaping and molding. And in this extract, it says it's called Like Clay. It says, I am a potter. And in this year, I've fallen in love with the potter's wheel. When I'm at the wheel, before I can even think about forming the clay into a beautiful shape, I must focus all my attention in the centering process. The process of this is to bring all the knots which live deep inside of the clay to the surface so that my hands can smooth them out and the clay's weight is distributed evenly into the center of the wheel. This allows me to successfully make a shape later on without knots fighting against my hands. It is important when centering, however, to move all of the clay up from the deep within and not just the clay on the surface. Otherwise, the knots will remain, and the clay will not center. Then it cannot be made into a shape without collapsing or deforming. Oftentimes, I go through seasons where I feel like a ball of clay, of knots that are coming to the surface. Although my natural tendency is to become overwhelmed, I know that the kindness of the Father is wrapping his hands around me, moving all of the clay from the deep inside me to the surface so he can smooth out my knots and recenter me into his hands. This is how I am shaped into a beautiful vessel. Whenever God breaks or cuts back, there is a purpose for the more. In John 15, 1, 2, we know this passage well. I am the true vine, and my Father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch to me and bear, that bears no fruit, while every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes so that it can be even more fruitful. When we work out at the gym, when I'm working out, and I know that the pain I'm causing myself is for the benefit. I know I'm not really showing too much, but I'm not, I'm not going to start pumping too much. I don't want to, you know, keep myself trim. Um, but when we're breaking down the process, when we're breaking down the muscles, we're actually breaking down fibers, as you know, so that new fibers can come so that we can increase the muscle. Nature is resounding breaking. The scriptures, everything is telling us about this breaking. So what is the purpose of the breaking? My first point is finding the clarity. How many of you, when something is extremely painful, you narrow in on that pain? doesn't matter how much. I had a paper cut for the first time in years. How many of you experienced a pain in a paper cut? It's a little cut that was just on my finger, but everything I did was just incredibly painful. When I was washing my hands or picking something up, I came centered around this little cut, and I was very aware and trying not to increase the cut or cause more pain to myself. And I was amazed at just this little thing that happened in my life, that I was focused on it. See, the breaking causes you to center your focus upon a situation. And sometimes when we're in abundance, sometimes when we've got so much going on, we can't focus. We've got so much things, so much things to watch and look and, and take hold of. But when we're going through the breaking, we're very aware of uh, our issues. We're very aware of that issue that God is speaking to us about. In the winter time, 
we see, and I love that we had a conversation, and Pastor Craig brought this up, that when he's hunting, it's a lot easier in the winter because he can see so much further because the trees, the leaves have all dropped and that he can see so much further. See, when you're in your breaking, when you've got clarity going on, you can see so much further into your situation. When we have abundance, we don't know where to start, right? We don't know where to pick from. But when the breaking occurs, we become very focused. We have this winter season as it is. And suddenly we become very focused in what God is wanting to say and do in our situations. See, I can make things really complicated in my Christian walk. How many of you find that, that suddenly everything seems overwhelming, whether you're learning new theology or whether you just feel like it's all too much. We all have those moments when all is too much, and then God comes in and kind of aligns, he kind of, but it's through the breaking that we come with the clarity. And he wants us to remind us, and I love that Donna brought this up, because it all revolves around the love of the Father. If everything's becoming too complicated, if everything's becoming just so out there, we need to clarify, we need to focus on the love of the Father. If everything else falls around us, we need to come centering back to His love for us, His grace for us, His mercy for us. Because that's the problem that we're seeing so much in the churches, in the realms of so much um, disunity. Because sometimes we get so complicated, we get so held up with so much different doctrines, so many different things that we can't come together under the love of God. So when we're going through the breaking, it's to clarify, it's to bring clarity to your situation. He's trying to help you hone in on what you need to do and take your eyes off the abundance of what you could have and he wants to align you into what you need to do to move forward. The second thing a breaking does to you, it creates desire. God wants to create desire in each and every one of you. The only reason we really change is because the pain of staying the same, the the pain of staying the same outweighs the pain of change. You understand? That when we experience, it's so painful to stay where we are that actually moving looks like the better option. And so God creates this desire in the breaking that you need to change, that you cannot stay the same, that this breaking, this pain that you're experiencing inside of you is so great that he's creating a desire to move forward. 2 Corinthians 1.8, Paul says this. We were under great pressure. Now, Paul in prison, far beyond our ability to endure so that we, we were so despaired of life itself. Indeed, that we felt... We would receive the sentence of death. death. But this happened. This happened that we might not rely on ourselves, but on God who raises the dead. This happened that we might rely not on ourselves, but on God. So the desire, because how many of you know that we can move forward quite happily in what we're doing? In the Western world, we don't need God so much. Or at least we think we don't. We have jobs, we have houses. We're not like in a third world country where we're relying on seasons of good harvest, water. You know, we even make our own food now, you know, GMOs and all that kind of stuff. We can fabricate everything that we need. We don't need anything. But it's all the more important that we understand. And I believe that in in this climate that we're seeing in the political realm, this uncertainty that we're seeing in our world is actually God 
breaking us down to realize the foundation of what this nation was built on. This is the foundation of this nation in God we trust. But how many of you can honestly say that we really trust in God every single day for all our needs when actually we've got everything around us that we need? So God creates this desire within us to bring us closer to him because, and it's not out of um, a, a narcissism that he needs us. It's that he is the only way, the truth, and the light. So he creates a desire in each and every one of us. And my third point It's for the good of others. We've already talked about the river of living water flowing out of you. Ultimately, everything that God does inside of you is either for his glory or for the benefit of others. It's either for his glory or for the benefit of others. And so we want to be vessels that are broken to have the streams of living water, to have his goodness, to have the calling of what you are called to, your uniqueness flowing out of you. But we've got to go through a process of breaking to refine the curves within our lives, to make the paths straight so that we can live a life that transforms, that changes, even joy. How many of us can have fun again? You know, we get so serious. We literally just had a conversation, me and Abby on the stage. We were just like, you know, where's the fun? Maybe God's refining you. He's breaking you down to be more fun. Maybe you got too serious. You know, God can do that. Living water looks like streams of joy flowing out of us. And so God can break us down to have fun, break us down to be vessels of living water that transform our businesses, transform our families, transform this area. But God wants to do it through you and me. See, if Jesus wanted to transform everything, he would have stayed on the earth. But he came as a child And he passed on the keys to change your situation. He has given you everything you need. You have the same spirit inside of you that he had. As Donna alluded to, why can't we see healings when we touch people? What is it that God needs to break inside each and every one of us to see the miraculous come forth? Because it's nothing to do with what you can do. It's just letting that living water to stop those bends that are occurring in your life, those those barriers, those chains, those belief systems within our minds that are holding you back from seeing living waters flow out of them. It's for the good of others because I want to see this church transform this area. I want to see the sick healed. I know that we see through RTF, we see great spiritual breakthroughs. I know every person that goes through that week um, or those issue focuses, we've heard the stories of the spiritual breakthroughs. Why can't we begin for 2018? If we want to see more, God, break me so that I can be a vessel that lets living water flow through me to transform and heal people, to see financial breakthrough for people. I mean, I know that each and every one of you want to see that. I know each and every one of you want more in your life because where you're living right now is not satisfying you. And I believe more for 2018. I believe for the transformations. I believe for the miracles that we're going to see. And it's nothing about what you've done, but it's about allowing God to break you to transform the spheres of influence that you live in. So in my final it. And this is a miracle in itself. I'm going to be finishing early, hopefully. What can we do? 
Trust the author of the story. Respond to him. Allow the process. God pulls from the very depths of who you are. So if you feel uncomfortable right now, if you're feeling that God is breaking you, like James says, count it all joy because he is doing something deep inside of you that is going to benefit so many people. He's breaking you to transform. But respond to the process. Don't fight the process. So, so many times we don't want to go through stuff or we're just like, God, I don't want to face this right now. And God's a very patient God. He'll wait years and years and years and years and years, but he will have his way with you. Try not to control the process. So often we can control the process. We, we kind of do it our way, God, but then ultimately... He starts to erode away at you, and that process falls apart. Don't give up. Don't think the breaking defines you. Breaking is a season. It's a season that we all go through. Like winter is a season. It comes around. There are, there are times of flourishment. There are times of harvest. And the winter is just as important as spring, summer, and autumn. It's just as important. And so that we need to allow ourselves for the process, but don't let the process define you. Don't let the breaking define you. I meet a lot of Christians that remain in the breaking and never move out of breaking. And so they just think their lives is just broken. You know, God doesn't love me. I just feel broken all the time. And so we don't move out of the breaking process. And my last point is pray. Stay close to God. The desire that God causes you. How many of you pray more when you're in the breaking? How many of you pray, when we're abundant, when things are going well, we, it's natural instincts. It happened in Israel over and over again. When things got comfortable, you know, prayer life just went. Whoosh. God is calling you to pray, to stay close to him in this breaking for the more of others. Now, I just want to finish up our time. We're going to have just a time of ministry because I believe that I want us in our own hearts to rededicate our hearts to the breaking that God wants to do in your life for the more. And we're going to sing a song in a second, but I've actually got another song which really explains well of what I've just been speaking about. It's called Seasons. Um, it's from Hillsong, and it's an amazing song about winter, about the shaping that winter brings, the breaking that winter brings. But there's a hope for holding on during the breaking for the flourishment, for the harvest that comes. So Zach, if you can just play that video. Like the frost on a rose Winter comes for us all Oh, how nature acquaints us With the nature of like a seed in the snow I've been buried to grow For your promises, loyal From sea to sequoia I know Though the winter is long even
song is even if all I know of harvest is that it's worth my patience then if you're not done working God I'm not done waiting if you're not done working I'm not done waiting and so for this year for us to experience the more maybe it does mean for us to wait maybe it does mean for some patience and to hold firm to the thing that he's going to do in your life. Because I believe that this church is going to see more. And he's breaking us for more. He's breaking each and every one of you for something more. Because this area needs God. The people in your world need you. And one point I actually forgot to speak about was... Um, a lot of times we need to be the best for other people. 
So uh, at Hillsong, I did one year, and I was going to do only one year because it was so hard. I didn't realize how hard it was, and God just broke me down in my first year. And I was going to leave, and Brian Houston preached the message, be the best you for others. And from that moment, everything changed in my heart. As much discomfort as I felt, if I didn't do the second year, I think I'd be selling people short of what he had called me to be for others. And so I stuck out the second year, and actually it was just a massive transformation. There was life, there was so much abundance in that second year that if I just stayed broken, I would have been fearful of what God had done in my life. I would have thought that God was a God that just broke people, and I never saw through the process of what he was doing. There are situations that you're facing that you need to run through. You're in the breaking, but there's light the other side, and you will be stronger for it. So stick out the process, stick with it, because God's got a brighter side for you. Be the best you for others. Let God finish the process. Let him erode your rivers and make them straight. So we're going to sing this song, and it's called Only Jesus. We've sung it before. If you can stand with me. The confession in this song is only Jesus. And so that's the message for this morning, that only Jesus can transform you. Only Jesus can bring about the life and the life. And so we want as an end of 2017 to the beginning of 2018 to bring about, this is the year, only Jesus. I sanctify, Lord, I just surrender to you. I rededicate myself to the process. I rededicate myself. And even though I'm in a winter season, even though I'm in the breaking, I know that you are faithful. I know that you are true. And I'm saying, God, for 2018, only you, only your more for my life. Let's sing this song together.